0: Burning tires to move on. Hello, everyone. I typically see the montage in front of me, but this time I just saw myself. So I was like, am I on camera? Am I not? Who knows actually what just went down? Don't no idea what you just saw, you didn't. If you were looking at me, hopefully you weren't watching me clean the jerky out of my teeth. But you know what? If you were. <laughs> It's all good, right? That's how live, live shows work sometimes. So welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone new who enjoyed that uh, clip we did the other day. I noticed a lot of people getting feisty about the gym stuff. This stuff going on in gyms, something real weird going on with the feminists in gyms. I'm going to keep pointing that out. So I titled today's show Alpha Woman Gets Rejected but Says She'll Never Change for a Man because there was a fantastic fresh and fit clip that I saw that I thought was very interesting, very compelling. So here's what we're going to do today. Let me, let me give you the rundown. We have a feminist panel, bunch of lunatics. I'm telling you straight up. We have showcased them before, but man, are they on fire today. So I'm going to be responding to them on Andrew Tate, on masculinity, on politics. They don't know anything about politics. It's just nauseating, nauseating, typical modern woman feminist nonsense. But we have to address it because they're lying and we can't, we can't stand for the lion. Then we've got the woman saying she would never change to please a man. Let's, let's take a look at what she says, at what the criticism of some of the guys that she's dated is of her, and should she change? We'll talk about it. We have got, oh man, we've got so much here. We've got a woman saying she gave up her youth to become a surgeon, but now she's miserable and alone. So what's the lesson there? Let's see it in her own words first. There's video of a stay-at-home husband. Let's just say there's something kind of creepy about the whole thing. We have Instagram boyfriends. You know Instagram boyfriends? You know what that is? They got, well, you'll see. I'm not going to spoil it. And then we had, I don't know if you saw, Megan Kelly and Matt Walsh got into a little Twitter debate, not about politics, that was about career women. So I'm going to weigh in. I'm going to tell you who was right, who was wrong, what they got right, what they got wrong. It's a very important discussion, actually, that um, needs to happen. And, of course, we're going to do some big government craziness. Apparently, big government is wrecking Canada And it deals with farmers and food supplies and prices. It's a really interesting video that came out from a farmer in Canada that I think we need to look at to just showcase the destruction that's going on on a large scale here. We know Canada's been a hot mess since the uh, pandemic. Anyway, so that's what's in store. I'm gonna dig right into that feminist panel in just a second. But first, I wanna tell you, we are partnering today on today's show with Fantastic Company. Some of you have heard me talk about them. The company is Aura. I love them. I use them. Identity theft is something that's happening every 14 seconds in America. If you're sitting at home right now and you're saying, oh, it'll never happen to me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take advantage of our our trial right now. If you sign up right now with my link, you're going to go to aura.com backslash Jedediah, and this is all going to be at the bottom in the description. You're going to be able to go over there and you're just going to see how many times your passwords appear on the dark web. Just do me that favor. Take advantage of this opportunity to just know, to just be informed. The first time I did this, my passwords, which I thought were great and protected and clever and unique, they were on the dark web more than 40 times, 40 times. Needless to say, I changed all my passwords. I now work with Aura. I love them. They send me notifications every time something passes my spending limit. They want to make sure it's me. If you ever know anyone who's not only been the victim of identity theft or who's been the victim of credit card theft, it's a disaster. It wreaks havoc on your life. It's horrific. It takes you months, sometimes years, to get out of that stuff. You're in in the midst of financial wreckage as it's happening. I want to protect your privacy. I want to protect your money. I want to protect your security. So please seize on this opportunity just to be informed. Maybe you'll go on there and you'll see your passwords not that many times. Maybe you'll be surprised and a number like 60 pops up and you realize you need someone to help you on this pathway. It's super user-friendly. This is why I love Aura. I'm not tech savvy, as you may have noticed, based on how I deal with the chat. Uh, or is identity theft protection fraud monitoring a VPN password management and antivirus software it's all in one app and um, it's fantastic it monitors the dark web for your emails your passwords your social security numbers. And it sends alerts right to your phone. So if somebody buys something with your credit card and you don't realize it, you get an alert to your phone and you're like, wait a minute, that's not me. You can address that situation immediately instead of it snowballing and snowballing behind the scenes. And before you know it, you've got a catastrophe on your hands. So please, you know, you know, I, I never promoted any, anything on the show that I don't use. I've actually been very happy with my partnership with them. Um, I trust them with my own finances, my family, my parents. I try to get everybody on board. Um, so Please. Go right now to that link, or not right now, but after the show, you know, to the link, and it'll give you a two-week free trial. Two-week free trial, and you're going to see how many times your passwords show up in the dark web. I also would love to hear from you. Stick it in the comments. If you go and do that, I want to hear how many times your passwords appeared there, because then other people will see that and be like, you know what, I should check it out. And all I'm saying is for two weeks of a free trial seize that opportunity and figure out if something shady is potentially going on you want to protect your money you want to listen the matrix has come and you got to protect yourself your financial uh, stability and your financial independence is a big part of that so seize on the opportunity just saying okay here we go with the feminist. listen I tell you if I have to suffer so do you so we have um this is hysteria podcast what a, what an ideal name let me just say well chosen ladies we're going to start with this stuff on Tate because it's brain dead and I need to take on the brain deads. Let's go to 1420. That's number one.
1: Gross. We haven't really Ugh. talked about this guy on the show. But um, Andrew Tate, the bald influencer, because I think it's really important to Look, bald men can be very attractive and and, and you know, own it they can own it you know yes. and then sometimes very if a bad man
2: is bald and feels bad about it it's okay to make fun of him I think I agree I, I, the man is a self described misogynist we can say whatever the fuck we want about it yeah. okay so yeah, let's
0: just pause exactly. right there He's you big. already see who you're dealing with right first of all talking about his bald head can you imagine, just flip the roles for a second flip the roles do you remember when it was all that talk people were saying oh about Jada Pinkett Smith and talking about her being bald and everybody was like oh you can't do that you can't why is it okay here why is it okay here, ladies, to go in and dig in? How do you know he's unhappy with his bald head? I heard him say that he shaved his head bald because he didn't want to deal with his hair and he was a young kid. you guys ever heard that story? He was a young kid and it was like a hassle and he didn't want to worry about a haircut. It just seemed like something he didn't want to. He had more important things to think about maybe. So he shaved his head bald. I happen to think it's a good look on him to be. And not everybody can pull that look off. We all know that. But can you imagine going after the guy? now? So immediately, and I have issued this warning on Twitter, and I've issued this warning everywhere, the second you hear someone talk about Tate and say he's a self-described misogynist, you know they are either you know, bought and sold by the system, they read an AP report, they swallowed it, they spit it out, or they're a moron, right? They're a moron. Or they just hate him so much that they know that's not true and they regurgitate it for you anyway because they're counting on you being an idiot. So that's what we're dealing with here, one of those three. I'm not really sure uh, which one it is with these two women, but let's keep playing and maybe we'll find out
1: accused of raping multiple women. Um, he's been in Romanian custody now for <laughs> several weeks, not long enough in my opinion. Um details have emerged from the original case where he was accused of uh, raping a woman, and it's really stomach churning. It's really awful. Um, and uh, apparently the the new evidence in this case includes WhatsApp messages that uh, Andrew Tate sent to the woman that basically, are like yeah, I ra- I raped you and it was
0: great and I
2: loved it. Yeah, it's I like, loved it. It made a- me feel great. It turned he, okay. me on. So
0: I, you know this this is what women look like who do no individual independent research. These are talking heads. It's like beadless talking heads because the you know the talking heads are sitting on the news channels, the network TV, right. This is like podcast talking heads. Um, again, why does why does an accusation equal guilt? How scary is that? you got a bunch of women talking here, cackling hands. Oh, he's guilty. Why? Because he was accused. So is that the new barometer? Well, it is for these women. And you can only guess how these women probably covered the Kavanaugh trials and how they covered, you know, the hearings. It's felt like a trial, to be perfectly honest. Accusations equal guilt for them. Good to know, ladies. Good to know. If you're ever accused of something, I'll be out here screaming that you're guilty. Does that, how does that work for you? Or is it, does, it only, does it only go for people you don't like? She says, oh, not long enough. He's not in jail long enough. Based on what? Have you done any independent research? No. She cites evidence, right? She says evidence. Where is the Evidence. So what does she say? Oh, there's WhatsApp messages. Now, you know that we've dug into this a million times. You do any independent research and you see that these are one-sided messages. We've been, they've leaked out. We see what Tate is saying. We don't see what the girl is saying before or after. We don't have a conversation here, right? So how easy is it to, for, to take something like this out of context? Just know that these women exist. These women will comment on you. And this is how they approach things, right? Because there is, a, there is an anti-man sentiment among these women. They are very comfortable making an assumption that a man, any man, just by virtue of being a man, is guilty, even if they haven't done anything. There is no due process, in their opinion, because they're sitting like saying, oh, well, women have been oppressed by men for so many years, so now it's time to get revenge. This is a revenge mindset, 24 hours a day by some very, very bitter women. All right, let's keep going.
1: He's he's a disgusting person. And he deserves everything bad that could possibly happen to him. Um, But I I think the reason that we can't just ignore him forever, even though it would be great if we could, is that there's a lot of young men who are really into him, who think he's great. And this is kind of happening at the same time that a bunch of other things are happening. Um, Young men are having less sex than Mm You know, in recent history for as long as we've been keeping, I don't know, sex tabs on everybody. Um, Young men aren't having sex. Uh, The young men aren't having sex and they're really mad at women because they're not having sex. And the people who are mad at women for not having sex are the same people that are sort of championing laws that... um, make it less safe
0: okay let's pause this for a second because now she's gonna go into some political rant that's nauseating so again she has she has felt comfortable she did no independent research she knows nothing about the case she doesn't know anything about evidence or a lack thereof and this is how she labels him disgusting person deserves everything that's coming to him everything that bad that comes his way just think about women like this women like this exist there's a lot of them I'm telling you, go back and look at my commentary. You can go search on Twitter during what was going on with Kavanaugh. I cannot tell you how many prominent women were like, oh, believe her, believe her. Believe what? Believe what? There was no evidence. There was no proof. So there are, the the, the lesson here is that there is an increasing number of women in this society who have been programmed to want to equate uh, an accusation with guilt when it comes to men because they can't stand men. There is a deep sense of man-hating that is going on. And women are told that that's a good thing, right? Because men do bad stuff. So you have to be distrustful of men on second one. That's the programming. So if you don't want to be that person, if you're a woman out there listening to it, just take a minute and think about what messaging is coming down the pike. Are you comfortable? Do you have, let's say you have, do you have a, a brother? Ladies, you have a brother. Do you have a son? Do you have a cousin? Do you have a friend who's a guy who you would want to have due process, who you would want to have the benefit of somebody has to actually come forth with evidence before he is punished for something that he very well may didn't do, will then stand up to women like this. Stand up to women like this. Okay, now she's going to get into a little politics. We're not going to do a lot of politics today because, frankly, I watched five minutes, if that, of the State of the Union last night and it left me like a little bit... No- my acid reflux had returned. You know, I, I don't know what to say, but Joe Biden is not great for the acid reflux. So we're not going to do a lot of politics today, but this is important because this involves... You know, this involves the messaging of a lot of guys in this space who are saying, take care of you, be personally responsible, all that stuff. And by the way, if she's so worried that, oh, men aren't having sex and men are taking it out on women, then she should love Andrew Tate. She should love Andrew Tate because Andrew Tate is a guy who's out there saying, if you're not having sex, you need to figure out what you're doing wrong. Do you have your, you know what, together? Are you financially secure? Are you financially stable? Are you obese? You need to fix that. Are you in shape in the gym? Are you somebody who has a plan? Are you someone that a woman can lean on and depend on? He is calling for accountability among men. So it just goes to show you how little these modern women know about a guy who's inspiring people to fix that problem themselves. They just want to cast blame. Nasty. All right, let's keep going
1: the cost really high so at the same time that the cost of having sex as a young woman is getting higher and higher with a lack of access to abortion threatened access to uh, contraception um, a a complete lack of a social safety net at least in the U.S. as the cost is getting high the quality of men is like getting lower Lower And and lower people are like what is wrong with these women it's like I don't know
2: Basic economic principles. Why would we? This supply and demand, baby. But this, so this guy, when the Greta Thunberg of it okay, all Okay, let's happened, pause it here. I, I just thinking- want to bring
0: up that political point. You see what she says. This is, again, victimize women. So make up your mind, honey. Are women strong and powerful and capable and independent and empowered? Or are they a bunch of little sad baby victims that need your help? That need a safety net all the time. They can't make a decision for themselves. They can't have sex unless they have a billion safety nets in place. They can't just make a decision to say, I'm not going to have sex if I don't want to have a baby. Or I'm going to use one of these 40 plus forms of birth control that are available out there. Which is it? Are they empowered or are they victims? Make up your mind. You can't have it both ways. And they do this all the time. So she's trying to say that, oh, women in society, now the, the cost of sex has gone up for them because their abortions are being limited and there's less access to contraception. Untrue. That's a lie, by the way. There is a ton of access to contraception. And there's no social safety net. You know what I remember? I remember a time when women weren't thinking about a social safety net. What, what kind of mindset are you in, honey? You want women to be thinking about a social safety net or do you want women to be able to say, you know what, I want to have a family. I want to seek out a good man. I want to prioritize that early in life when I know that my strengths are at the forefront. And I want to find a man who's going to, you know, protect me and my, and my child and we can have a beautiful family together and I can bring some things to the table and he can bring some things to the table. Why is it always let's lean on big daddy government? You know, these people can't stand the family unit. They can't stand the family unit. And the reason they can't stand the family unit is because they have if they have to sit and acknowledge that the family unit is successful, they also have to look at examples where it is successful and acknowledge that in those instances, men are men and women are women and they bring different things to the table and traditional values shine. They can't have that because they're embittered, right? Because they've probably been trying to act like men for the last 20 years, right? And do they, do they look happy to you? Do these women see the happiness to you? Be honest, they don't. All right, first of all, we're, and we're gonna kick back to this clip in a second. Deli's here passing those chats over to me, getting the super chats. I'm reading them. I want to hear from you, super chats today. And um, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and comment. Leave your comments. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, if there's a particular panel throughout the show that you dig, let me know, because I do look at these comments myself. I sit, and I help, it helps me to program the show so that you'll have a better experience. So at the end of the show, leave a comment. I like this I like this panel best. I could have done without this one. I'm curious how you feel. Your Your input is valuable to me. Let's keep playing these maniacs before we get to the second part, which is just, wait, wait till you hear the part about masculinity. Okay, let's keep playing.
2: Who is this person? Aaron? I had never heard of him.
0: Ugh, I you. had to look up his Wikipedia page.
2: And let me tell you something. Let me just revisit the Wikipedia page for a minute because honestly, how he's not in jail yet when this is his Wikipedia page? Okay. <laughs> Following his kickboxing career, he began offering paid courses and memberships through his website and later rose to fame promoting an ultra-masculine, ultra-luxurious lifestyle. A self-described misogynist, Tate's controversial commentary has resulted in his suspension from all social media platforms. <laughs> the Romanian police, this is why how Greta got him, and this is what they got him for, Romanian mm. police allege that the group coerced victims into creating paid pornography. Okay. I'm not going to go through socially.
0: her dealing with all these because t- she's, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of spark going on up here. If you if you know what I mean, because she didn't do any research. Right. She didn't do any research. Ultra. Ma- you notice how she says ultra masculine like it's a bat like, oh, my God, he committed a crime of being ultra masculine. Heaven forbid, honey, that somebody would be masculine and be a man. Oh, my God. It like made her twitch what I love too about this is this woman thinks that a wikipedia page is some sort of justification for imprisoning somebody do you know how many times my wikipedia page is wrong yeah after the show I'll go look at it. I guarantee you I ever, sometimes I look at my wikipedia page and I'm like oh that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong anyway next sometimes I look at it somebody else jumped in and fixed something I don't even understand how wikipedia works like a whole bunch of people jump in and edit but nine out of ten times I read stuff on there and I'm like that's wrong you you don't know that love you haven't acquired that knowledge in the last, I don't know how many—how old you are, that Wikipedia probably isn't the best basis for whether somebody should be in jail or not. Call me crazy. All right. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to go to number two. This is the same panel, but it's a different topic. And not the same panel, same show. And now we've got four women. Because two weren't enough, we've got four women, and they're going to talk about essentially men being men. Apparently, you guys out there are always saying you're victims. Let's let's play it. We're going to go to number two, nine fifteen. I think the problem isn't that like there is some big problem happening with men, but I think the problem is the perceived problem. Like I do think it's a true reality. That men are framing themselves, a lot of men, particularly young men online, figuring out like ways that they are victims and they feel wronged by like this culture war that's happening. And I think that we can get in this like recursive argument about like, you know, are men as a whole suffering changes, cultural changes that are costing them something, or are they just like looking for reasons to to justify? x or y behavior and i i feel like it's probably the latter like i don't know i don't like anything that divides us up in those like arbitrary things like men are people women are people everyone is individuals doing these things and i can't these i mean this is so ridiculous this you've seen these women before i mean i love these people right they don't like divisiveness unless they're the ones saying it because they feel like their divisiveness is justified right when they do it it's different it's for the greater good but when somebody else has the audacity to point out something about women that's not great, suddenly, no, it's divisive. You're trying to be divisive. What about your divisiveness five minutes ago? Oh, that's different. I can Separate set of rules for somebody else, always with these people. I think it's interesting the way she frames this. She's framing this as if men are saying now we're victimized, right? We're victimized. Aren't there a bunch of women that, that are constantly saying they're victimized that you're justifying all the time? Did I get that wrong? Aren't you constantly saying, if a woman's a victim, oh, speak out. uh," So it's a selective appreciation for victimhood, too, which is interesting. By the way, that's not what's going on. So her assessment overall is wrong, too. That's not what I see. I don't see men saying, we're victims, we're victims. No, what men are saying is there is a reality in this world right now where there is an effort to demonize men on second one, where there is an effort to call masculinity toxic, where there is an effort to tell women, you don't need a man, where there is an effort to tell guys that everything that they instinctually want to do for their families, for themselves, for their loved ones is bad, is toxic. If you call that out, you're not playing a victim. You're just somebody who's acknowledging and speaking out about reality. These feminists don't like that because it's inconvenient. It's an inconvenient truth. Man... Let's go to
1: 1347. So men expect to age into a world that offers them xyz things and the world increasingly does not just hand those things to them they are not they don't be, they don't turn turn 22 and like get a wife and then their wife doesn't just like take care of them like she's mommy mommy the sequel you know that just that doesn't happen because women are like no this sucks for me i'm not doing this for you these people um, listen there's
0: no nicer way to say it these women can't stand men they are deeply bitter they are deeply deeply bitter there's some type of jealousy going on. They're angry. They've maybe they took too many, you know, feminist appreciation courses in college. I don't know what happened here, but they're under the impression that guys have just had stuff handed to them. Had stuff handed to them? What about all the guys that work their butts off? Their whole life? Their whole life, put food on the table, you know, work constantly so that the woman that they marry doesn't have to are concerned with providing all the time. I mean, how many of you have parents, dads, grandpas who worked their fingers to the bone for their family and would do it over and over and over again because they wanted to and they saw that as their responsibility and they wore that responsibility like a badge of honor. Now this woman wants to walk on the scene and pretend none of that happened? That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Typical feminist talking point, right? Ungrateful... I don't need you. You didn't do anything for me. Devalue what you brought to the table. Horrible. Let's continue.
1: Automatically get a job where they can work 40 hours a week, clock in at nine, clock out at five, buy a house on a nice cul-de-sac, raise three kids. They don't get those things that they thought they were in that they thought were coming to them. Okay,
0: one second. Do Do you see the ignorance of this? I mean, she's a deeply ignorant woman. When did men ever just have that stuff coming to them? What did they, oh, in a different time, they just woke up and somebody handed them a house and somebody handed them a wife and somebody handed them abundance and somebody handed them, oh, here's your beautiful farm. No, they had to work for it, honey. They had to work for it. And some of those men you're disparaging, you know what they did? They went off to war and they fought to protect freedoms in this country for you to run your mouth the way you're doing right now. You ever think about that? Ungrateful, maybe just a tad. Imagine somebody's married to this woman. What does that guy do for a living? Is she constantly devaluing him the way she's devaluing everyone else? I hope not for his sake. Let's keep going. We're entitled to,
1: especially like uh, younger men without college degrees. Like you're not, you're not going to be able to afford any of that shit. My first thought reading this was like, just get universal health care and universal (laughs) child care. Those two things, I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. a just as doing a lot of heavy lifting in that because, you know, we would Again, have to dismantle yeah. the Again, insurance.
0: Again, listen to her recipe. Oh, guys, you're unhappy? You're unhappy because stuff's not getting handed to you, which never was. We just corrected that. Just let the government help you. Let the government help you. Universal health care. You know, let the government step in. They've got your back. And this is why she can't stand the Andrew Tates of the world, because his message is the opposite. His message is, you're unhappy, change your life. Do something different. Look at what you're doing now. If this isn't working, do something different. You have the power to make the change. You have the power to get from point A to point Z if you want to. Decide what your life needs to look like. You're not happy that you're not getting a certain type of woman. Maybe it's you. Fix yourself. This guy's putting all the responsibility on those men. She can't stand that because if those guys decide they're going to take matters into their own hands, you have a, 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 a less of a population that's willing to go and needing to go lean on mommy, daddy government. And she wants a system where government is the answer. How nauseating. How unbelievably nauseating. Unreal. Okay, let's go to 2146. going to skip ahead to the next one. After this, I'll get to the chat in just a few minutes, guys. The article talking really,
2: to people really misses this um sort of the difference between equality and like equity right
0: like women we are so far behind like okay maybe early childhood education girls are doing better thriving but then when you look at it from sort of like power positions
2: right still like the vast majority of CEOs are men the vast mm-hmm. majority of people in government are still men the vast majority of people who have any kind of decision making power both from a policy
0: standpoint and even from a cultural standpoint are still men right and so how can you make the argument that okay women like you've had enough we've you've had enough progress now we're going to take our foot off the pedal and focus on the men because they're falling a little bit behind okay when you look at the okay so who's making that argument honey Who's saying, women, you've had enough progress to Okay, so I'd like to ask her, why are all of these positions? You're talking about positions and CEOs. Do women want those positions? Do they want the positions? That's question number one. You should ask them. A lot of women don't want those positions. They don't want that grind at that level for many reasons. We talked about work-life balance. I can't stand when these feminists infantilize women. And they decide for me that it's oppressive what I don't have without asking me whether I even wanted it in the first place. That is infantilization of women, and it happens all the time, and it comes from modern feminists. It's disgusting. And as a female, I would like to be appreciated for the choices I make and not deemed as oppressed because you decide I'm impressed. When in, fa- and in fact, I haven't been oppressed at all. So that's number one. Um, secondly, what, do you see what these people want to do now? They want to, like, fill slots based on gender, right? Oh, let's look at a company. There's 50 people in the company, Well, it should be 25 women and 25 men. Why? Why? Why don't we just fill that with 50 people who are the most driven, who want the job, who want to work for it, who are the best suited for the job? We have to worry about this constant. It's crazy. I'm not saying you shouldn't discriminate against somebody by virtue of their sex, right? We can't have that. We already have laws on the books, by the way, that protect against that. Those already exist. But you also shouldn't be granting people jobs based on their gender in the form of equity. That's ridiculous. That's utterly ridiculous. And this all like I'm oppressed. I'm oppressed. You're sitting on a podcast, honey. You're oppressed. How? What are you going to talk to me about equal pay? We already we already leveled that talking. But how are you oppressed? You're oppressed because there's less female CEOs. And you haven't even asked those women if they even want to be in those positions or why the dynamics in that company exist the way that they do. You've decided it's oppression. These people are really – I'm telling you, this th- these people are the enemy. They really are. Okay. Uh, let's do 2602 and then I'm going to the chat.
1: Even forward-thinking progressive men, if they're straight, you know, cis, hetero, wh- whatever, men – who want to get married and want to have families, I feel like most of them feel pressure to be providers. Even if they know that that's like an outdated idea, even if they know that that's like, you know, whatever. My, you know, my wife is, I like my wife because she's strong and she can stand on her own two feet. I do think that there are a lot of men who feel like they are being judged by other men on whether or not they were providing for their families. No, honey. And when they can't nope. do that,
0: Now, first of all, if you can stand on your own two feet, again, you don't need a man, this, that, why'd you get married? Why'd you get married? Why? There was something that you needed that you couldn't do for yourself that caused you to get married. What was it? What was it? We know you you can stand on your own two feet, but there's probably something in there your husband brings to the table that you couldn't do on your own. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? And this, all, uh, this pressure, men feel pressure. Again, these people refuse to acknowledge biology. Men don't feel pressure from other men. They feel pressure because biologically they are hardwired to provide. Men want to take care of business. They are comfortable and feel good about themselves when they are doing that. They like when a woman appreciates that they are bringing that to the table. They feel confident when they can provide. And you know what? They don't feel so good when they can't. They are achievers. They are driven by testosterone in a way that women aren't in many capacities because we have a different hormonal makeup. And people who refuse to to acknowledge biology will constantly go down this path of, oh, it's societal pressure, this, that. Did you ever think that men are putting that internal pressure on themselves? biologically and otherwise because they want to do that and they view it as their role as a man thank heavens there are still some men out there that feel this way although these women have their way there'll be a lot less of them okay i'm going to the chat now hopefully i don't break anything although i can't make any promises you know how it is Antha the great just a small thank you for all you do well you're very welcome shadow dancer the red is that mage how do you say that i don't know the safety net used to be a strong father at the door with a shotgun and a respect my daughter or else attitude. It's true. Do you remember that? And it's true. Guys used to be afraid to come to the house if they were ill-intentioned because they had to meet the dad. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Because you know what? Then all the bad guys won't show up. And the ones who really are like, you know what? I want to meet the dad. And I'm okay with that because I know that I'm going to be a stand-up guy for this girl and everything. Then those are the ones that will show up. It's a great way to weed out the garbage. Frankie K this I don't need a man generation has been trashing masculinity for decades now that they're quickly approaching the wall they're inundating social media with videos about how men don't want them go figure Mm -hmm. it's quite a conundrum Reggie Turner a lot of girls nowadays will look at a good man with a promising future and put him in the backup category while pursuing toxic men makes no sense true Eileen Clayton gave 10 bucks Justin's life it's a cool name innocent till proven guilty doesn't mean anything to anyone unfortunately means something to me don't uh don't think that these crazy women are representative of the whole population. We can't have that either. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's go to number three. We're gonna go to we're gonna get off this crazy. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button do right now for me. It makes me smile. Listen, if you want to see the dance, you have to subscribe. And I know the dance is very popular. Just saying. Uh we're gonna go over to uh Fresh and Fit now. Let's do number three. Let's play it.
3: I feel like the only complaint that I get is that I'm, like, masculine, that I'm the alpha <laughs> female.
4: Okay. I mean, I don't see it, though. Yeah. I thought the complaint would be you eat all the food, but...
3: No, I'm the fat person on the show. No, okay. no, You like to
4: no. food, so, like, Bro, you know. are like, the thickest. Not sure. Yeah. All right. uh, so, so they tell you that you're too masculine and you don't work on that? At all. Okay. Like,
3: I just don't. In all as- aspects, I just
4: don't. Wh- why not?
3: I don't know. I feel like that would be just changing who I truly am. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I should have to change who I am to be feasible. I just feel like you're not my person. Mm-hmm. Like, you think so? Yeah, if they're sensitive or... Okay,
4: let me ask you a question. Why do
3: you always have to I'm just like, I don't know. I'll just be chilling, man. Let me.
4: Add, well, by default, you're not because you're masculine. But anyway, let me let me ask you this. Let's say... I decided to wear, you know, a dress on Saturdays. Just something that I like to do, right? I like to, you know, be effeminate a little bit. i going to hey get yo. my nails done every now and then. Um, would it be fair to say that most women would probably not find me attractive or give me a chance?
3: I mean, if you want to be Dennis Rodman, my nigga, that's you, but you're not my person.
4: Okay. <laughs> now let me give you a little secret. Most women will probably never give me a chance. OK. OK. Wouldn't it be delusional of me to say, yo, you just ain't the one. I'm just going to behave how I want and I'm going to get a girl out there that's going to take me serious, even though I wear a dress on Saturdays.
3: What I'm saying is it's it would, not that I get it. Please answer
4: me. the question. Am I not delusional for thinking that way? I mean, I don't know your so person. You're
0: delusional, but OK. At the same. So point, you see the but... point that Myron's trying to make, which is a valid point. And here's the thing. She does have kind of a masculine, and I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. But there's kind of a like, rawr. like there's a, there's a, I don't know what it is really. But she does have kind of a masculine vibe. Now, I don't know the specificity of you know her interactions with guys, what they're actually saying, like that particularly is masculine. But the energy is kind of like, rawr. I don't know. That's the only way I can convey it. It's the only way I can convey it. But if you, if you say this is me right? I'm not changing. I'm comfortable with who I am. And you're continuously getting rejected by guys, right? You're getting rejected. You're getting rejected. And they're saying to you, you're, you're kind of, you're alpha. You're too masculine. Like we want, we want someone a little more feminine. Then you either have to say to yourself, well, I'm content to be alone then because I keep hearing this from men and I'm not willing to change. And then fine, you do you, you could be content to be alone. I don't know. You may be alone for a really long time though. or you could register that if you really do want to make a connection with a man and you want to have more of an opportunity to have, you know, some variety in your selection and whatnot, and you, you want a family and all that, you may have to sit and say to yourself, I'm putting something out there that men aren't receiving well. Let me think about it. What might that be? Is it my, is it my clothes? Is it my attitude? Am I not taking care of myself now? She looks like somebody who does groom. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's more of an attitude issue in that particular instance. But think about it. And you have to be willing to say... Either I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I may wind up alone or I'm going to change. I'm going to change some of this. I'm going to change my interactions. I'm going to do a little shift and just see what happens. And then if you attract a whole bunch of men by virtue of that switch, you may say to yourself, huh, I feel comfortable doing this. Maybe, maybe you're getting something, some type of happiness out of that you didn't anticipate, right? And we shift as people all the time. This idea of like, be who you are. Well, people change. People shift in and out of different energy pretty easily, actually. No one's telling her to change the core of what she values and what she believes and what she wants. But sometimes there's just an energy you put out on the table that can be, you know, unlikable or unattractive to the opposite sex in some way. So I I just don't understand this. You know, I I don't understand this, like, refusal to just say, well, is it me? Maybe it's you, honey. (laughs) Maybe it's you. And you can either be alone or you could tweak something here and there. You know, that's very, I know, something about her is very... I don't know. What's the word? bra That's my word. Oh, look. The chat's building up. All right. I'm going to go to number four because this is fascinating. Um, she gave up her youth to become a surgeon, and now she's alone and miserable. So I see this tweet. This is a tweet, Deli, if you can pull it up. And this is what it re- – I'm going to read it for the audience as well. It says, given up my youth, including my fertility and foregoing income, to train for 14 years – after college, to become a surgeon, only to realize most men are too insecure to date a surgeon. is what she says. I don't like being a surgeon. <laughs> this is the best part. I don't like it. So now I'm 42 with neither a family nor a career as a surgeon. First of all, 14 years, honey, is a lot of time. You're going to spend 14 years doing something. You better, you better know that you love it, right? I went into graduate school for one year, right? I was like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. And then two months in, I was like, this is not fun. I don't want to do this anymore. I left. I wasn't going to spend another five years of my life when I was young and I had a life to live doing something that I knew was just going to eat my soul up. So I don't know, 14 years? It wasn't at some point in that duration that you were like, "Mm, maybe this isn't the path for me. Let me switch gears. That's odd to me. And the reason that it probably happened that way is because when women are young, they think they have all the time in the world, right? You have all the time. You're 25. You're young. You look in the mirror. Your skin is fresh. You feel confident. You go out. You walk down the street and a whole bunch of guys whistling from the construction site. You're like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then you're 42. You're exhausted. You're alone. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I did my whole life wrong. Right? It happens to a lot of women and increasingly happening to women more and more and more because of this feminist ideology of postpone, postpone, freeze your eggs. You don't need a man. And then they realize, oh, I, but I want one at 45. And they don't look like they did at 25. And they don't have all those assets that they once had and now the panic sets in, right? So what's interesting here though, is this is always like, this part always bothers me. Most men are too insecure to date a surgeon. That's not, it's not about insecure in my view. Maybe there are some men that would be insecure with that. I don't know, you'd have to ask them. But that's, that's not what it sounds like to me and instinctively not what it feels like. What it feels like is that when you become this career woman, you become somebody that is hardened and tired and exhausted and stressed. And that energy that comes with the career is what the guys don't like. Because then you got two people with that energy in a home because the guy's also out there typically doing the grind and all that. So it's not, it's not that you gain the career, that's the issue. It's that you lose the fact that you used to be pleasant and used to be happier and used to be less stressed. And that energy used to fill the home so I know you're not allowed to say that anymore because nobody's allowed to talk about guys preferences apparently we're only allowed to talk about female preferences but guys don't do well around women who are stressed they don't it just doesn't do well for them because they they typically live in a very stressed work environment and when they come home they don't want that then in their face as well and they want you to be happy right they want to be around a happy woman who wouldn't want to be around? Ha- Why? Well, you're going to want to be around somebody who's rah, rah, rah from the day's work, mad, twisted. No, it's not fun. It's not fun. So the bottom line is, is that if you get to this point at 42, you're going to be very unhappy. So women, think, listen to what these women are saying and think about it. Do you love what you're doing? Is it worth it the amount of time you're putting in? Are you making sacrifices that you're going to not be able to recapture that moment in time in your life? Are you going to be mad one day that you did that? These are all things that you need to think about. All right, let's go to number five. Oh man, let's play the video on this one. Oh man. This is stay-at-home husband. <laughs> Day one of being a stay-at-home husband. Made us some tea and cuddled on the couch. And then I started to pack her lunch before she went to work with
3: all her favorite foods. Snuck in a love note, drove her to work, came back to a mess, proof of me cleaning the mess.
0: Juice break put away some leftovers from the night before, starting to unpack, met my wife at the train stop, had dinner together, packed
3: her lunch. Can't forget her snacks
0: and sent her off to bed. It okay. Kind of being- Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Okay, that's a simp. That's a simp. I mean, he kind of looks like a like paid for help in a way, in a weird way, right? It's it's a little it's a little bit much, right? Secondly, um that woman is, I'm going to say it, but she is obese. And these are really unhealthy snacks and really horrible food. I really couldn't, couldn't help but notice that like, wow, she's, you know, she needs to do something about that if she cares about her health. And what the heck, he's putting all this like crap food in bags. So that's just bad. Just a side note from me because, you know, I can't help but have a wellness discussion all the time. But um, you cannot possibly tell me that that woman respects that guy. You can't. You can't. It's like she has a servant. She has a built-in servant, right? and And what's interesting about it is that there is something different about, and this I'll get heat for this, there is something different about when when the gender roles are flipped. Like, let's say that was a woman doing that, right? And there was a man that was going to work and all that. Would that sit differently with you if you saw that video? It probably would. And that's okay. Do you know why that's okay because men and women are different? Men and women are different. And by by nature, women are more nurturing. Women are more inclined to do those things and be happy and comfortable in those roles. Not every woman... Not every woman, because I know there's some loud feminists out there. Oh, my God, she's stereotyping it. No, I'm not. But by and large, there are more women that will be comfortable and happy having a day like that than there are men that will be comfortable and happy having a day like that because a lot of men, again, are driven by testosterone. They are achievers, and they will feel like a complete waste of space if they're sitting home. Oh, I'm going to pack her lunch now, and then I'm going to clean up. Let me put a pickle in a jar, make sure she has enough juice for lunch. Then I'm going to have a little break. Then I'm going to clean up some more. Then I'm going to pick her up. Then going a- to they're not going to be satisfied doing that. So can we just acknowledge that men and women are satisfied typically, by and large, doing different things? I use myself as an example all the time. In my house, my husband always needs to be doing, planning, doing a grind. Some, there's no there's no like rest in his mind when it comes to, okay, this is our strategy. This is what needs to happen next. Me, when I finish a task, I finish and I'm like, I'm going to go watch a little bit of a movie. I love the peace that comes with finishing the task. Just silence, quiet, calm, right? He doesn't need that. He's like, what's next? What, what do I need to do? Now? Like, what do I need to take care of? It's, we are different. We are different. So when you see a video of, of a stay-at-home husband who's packing the lunch and doing all that and you have a certain reaction to it, the reason you have a certain reaction to it is biological, Because to you, you're like, that guy should be doing more. That guy should be doing something different. That guy can't possibly be providing for the family and doing X, Y, and Z. If he's just packing a lunch and dusting up the – something Something bothers you viscerally about that because most of that behavior does go against masculine nature, right? And I'm not saying – listen, again, I'm not saying there can't be a stay-at-home dad out there who's happy. And I'm not saying that this dynamic can't work in some homes, Do what you want in your own home. But what I'm saying is the vast majority of homes will not function well like this. And we also know that from just a purely practical perspective that women get divorced men more often and that women who out-earn men divorce men at significantly higher rates, right? We know those stats. So this dynamic is just not a recipe for success in the vast, vast, vast majority of cases. And the reason is that men are uncomfortable being so what they define as useless, they're like, I'm not doing what I should be doing. I need to do more. And this will become very unsatisfactory for them. And the women will start to feel like, oh, this is kind of like a doormat, like servant type. And I'm making the money and I can't really rely on him for that. And they get bored and they start looking around. And that is how it works often. Maybe they'll live together and be happily married till the day they die. Fine. But we need to, we need to be able to speak in some generalizations here to make statements about what's really going on in life. Okay, I know I'll get a ton of heat for that one, but I don't care. Here's me not caring. Okay, um, let's go to number six, Instagram boyfriend. You ever seen these guys? Okay, so this guy, let's prep this. An Instagram boyfriend is somebody who goes out on a date with somebody and becomes the photographer for Instagram, essentially. Let's play it and then we'll comment. <laughs> okay guys out there can you do me a solid favor if you get one thing out of the show do not be that guy do not be that guy first of all think about this this guy probably arranged the date maybe he's a gentleman hopefully went picked her up brought her there nice restaurant he's probably going to pay for the date and look what he's doing He's spending his time trying to get a photo of her that she demanded he take, obviously. Get a picture of me. I need to post. Get it. No, I don't like that one. Let me see it. Ah, I'm making a weird face. Do it again. Wait, let me do that. The shoulder needs to be. And he's just standing there like the simp that he is. Notice something. He's not in the picture. She didn't say, let's get a waiter, by the way, to come over and take a picture of us. She didn't say that. She's like, you do it. In her mind, it's like she doesn't even need to announce that she's on a date. She's just out. It's not about him. He's not even part of that equation. Guys, when they ask you to do this, just say, yeah, honey, I'm not doing that. I don't like to take pictures like that. I'm not going to spend my time doing that. So, um, you know, if you want to get a picture with me and you want to, you know, have this date be memorable, we can can get the guy to come over and do it. But I'm not going to spend it. If you want me to spend the date here, you know, taking pictures of you, we probably shouldn't be on a date together. You got to put your foot down on stuff like this. Otherwise, fast forward, and this is going to be your life. Next, you're on a vacation, and she's on the boat, laying there alone. <laughs> you're behind, with holding the camera, 15 minutes. Bring it over to her. She looks at the picture. She doesn't like it. Come back over. You're wasting your whole day. You're not embarrassed. This is the problem. Men no longer. They're so desperate to keep these women. Why I don't know. That they get like, I'll do an I'll stand here like an idiot for uh, 15 minutes, and I'll hold the camera. I'm not even in the picture. Duh. I mean, stop doing this stuff. Just say no. And if, she, if she's like, well, forget it, then you know that she only had you there to be her stand-in photographer. She got a free photographer for the night, honey. She got a free photographer for the night. Don't be this guy. Man, I'm telling you, I see this sometimes. I see the girls that are like... They're on the date, right? Or something. And they're all it's putting the shirt down, trying to get like a sultry like this into the camera. You know, they're all like this. You know they're going to post that and not mention they're on a date. And the guy's just like, is this one good? How about this? She's going to leave you, honey. You're proving that you don't have a backbone and that you got some low T problem going on if you're tolerating that. Okay, let's go to the chat and then I'm going to go to number seven. All right, let's see what we got here. American capitalist, 90. I like it. I like a capitalist. I've had to work for everything in life while watching people like this podcast. Because <laughs> he's talking about the, not us, he's talking about the women whine about how oppressed they are as they're handed everything. But somehow I'm the lazy ones. Right. Men are getting tired. Men are getting tired of this nonsense, which I'm glad to see. Jen McMahon, 20 bucks, as a female, as the correct definition of a woman who will be 45 in 10 days. Uh, find that young women today seem to find it strangely liberating to ridicule men as some power move. Just stop doing that. It's not a good look. That's right. And I always say, you know, there's going to be men out there that are worthy of ridicule, just like there are women out there that are worthy of ridicule. But if you make it your mantra to just be a man hater, that's a reflection of you. Jed McMahon also said, and Jed, as they often say, victims of bullying, once they get some semblance of power, then they become the bully. Very true. Helicopter gunship. No disrespect, Jed, but you're so... Oh, he's making a compliment about my looks. I'm not going to read that because it's odd, but thank you. I will say thank you, you know. Mama does well. Mama cleans up well sometimes. All right. Rick Bourne, 20 bucks. One can look feminine while deer hunting. Well, that is true. I have seen quite an attractive woman deer hunting. Pink camo is legal in Wisconsin. There's outdoor clothing cover a woman's body and many look great in it. And it is conservative, not revealing, by the way, to meet a good guy, try a gun range. That's a fantastic point. You know, you see these women, you know where they're meeting guys, y'all? Home Depot. Do you see that? They're at Home Depot. They go to Home Depot to meet. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Well, let me just read this one. Then I'm going to get back to Home Depot. I got to make a note about Home Depot. Oh, yeah. Jen McMahon also says the only time I expect men and women to act like simps is for their children. Hot take, I know, but be careful and don't be a pushover parent. That's very true too. Okay, I'm gonna raise the chat to I'm gonna be bold here, y'all. I'm gonna raise the chat after this to 20 and up just because I need to get to the rest of the topics today. But thank you, everyone. And please, you know, talk amongst yourself. You don't want to spend the money, you can still be active in the chat. I love that. I love when I go back and I see an active chat. Can we talk about Home Depot? There's this new trend of this is not on my topics list, but there's this new trend of all these women going Home Depot to meet a man. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they would go to Home Depot to meet a man? Well, because what do they want? They want a real man. What are they attracted to? That man who can fix something around the house. That strong man. So they pretend. They go into the aisles and they pretend they don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh, can you, can you help me? They get all dressed up, makeup and everything. Look on TikTok. It's a trend. And then they get to Home Depot and they're like looking for that lumberjack. You know, they're not looking for some feminized man in Home Depot. They don't want a feminized man. They're looking for some man, right? An old school man going to build them something, going to be sweaty at the end of the day. You know, a man. So when they tell you that women don't want, you know, men, instead they want these feminized men, they're lying. All these women lining up at Home Depot want a man. That's right. They're not hanging out in some feminized spot looking for some, you know, pink-haired guy with nail polish on. <laughs> Come on. All right, there was a bit of a it's a bit of an exchange that happened. I don't know if you saw it. Y'all know Megan Kelly, right? Do you? Maybe you don't. She's a former she has a podcast, Megan Kelly Show, um pretty well-known figure. Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire. Anyway, it winds up being quite a situation. Matt Walsh puts a tweet up. Let's put his tweet up first. Controversial. He says, all a man wants is to come home from a long day at work to a grateful wife and children who are glad to see him and dinner cooking on the stove. This is literally all it takes to make a man happy. We are simple. Give us this and you will have given us nearly everything we need. Well, let me tell you, the firestorm erupted. I cannot tell you the comments. Let's get to Megan's first. Megan writes, true for some men, sure. And being a stay at home mom is a beautiful choice. But many of us have men who don't want this at all who want the vibrancy and excitement of a wife with a career that makes her happy and lights up the fan. Happy to have such a man in at Doug Brunt. That's her husband. Okay. So Matt Walsh put this tweet up. I cannot tell you the amount of triggered women. Triggered. Why? Well, before we get to Megan Kelly's, there's a lot of women that don't do that, Right they don't want to cook for their man. They don't want to do that stuff for their man. They, they have expectations of their man. Like, yeah, you go out and you make some money and you do this and you do that. And your money is our money, but my money is my money. They, they, they're all down for that. But they don't want to give. It's, a, it's kind of a take situation. And when the guy says, oh, what's for dinner? They're like, this isn't 1955, right? So you know those people. They were triggered by this idea that a man would want something that was traditional, that was old school, that was simple, and that they just didn't want to do, right? They just didn't want to do it. Because feminism told them if they cooked for their man, they were going backward. So there were a lot of that. Then there's also, though, a lot of career women, women that got triggered because they're trying to sell this mantra of, no, you can have it all. You can do, you can be nurturing. And you can be all of these things that a man needs because what he really wants is someone nurturing. That's true. But you can also bring something extra to the table with a career. And she's talking about vibrancy and all of this stuff. So, and I I know both of these. I, I don't know Matt very well. I know Megan. I've worked with her before. And she's lovely, by the way. She's very nice. So this is not a dig at her in any respect. But I do disagree in some capacity. So here's the thing. Again, we talked about stats so just again, to reiterate, divorce rates spike when women out-earn men. That is just a factual reality. Majority of divorces are initiated by women. Women don't like to be in situations, by and large, by and large, where they are out-earning their guy. It's uncomfortable for them. Um, they don't like it. And you hear these women over and over again talking about, oh, I need 100K. I need this. I need that. And then what happens is these career women oftentimes will go out and say they make a lot of money, say they get a 500K a year job, right? Wow. Now they're looking for a guy that makes more than that. The pool gets smaller. It creates a lot of interesting challenges in the space. That's just a reality. Here's the problem. There's two problems with this. Again, that woman who is at home, and I'm speaking to you as somebody who did this grind. I know what it did to me. I know what it did to me. And I'm going to be honest about what it did to me because I don't want it to do that to you if you're listening as a female. But this woman who's at home with her children, And who has a peaceful day to an extent. I know raising kids is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But you're not sitting in an office under fluorescent lights. You get to go outside. You get to take your kids outside. You get to have laughter with your kids. You're not worried about putting food on the table in terms of finances. You don't have that burden of stress when it comes to money. Those women tend to be very, very happy. And I know feminists doesn't want to sell you that talking point, but it's true. Every single woman I know who's in a situation like that is calm, is, there's, a, there's an inner peace that they have just by virtue of not having all of those extra stressors. And that woman brings something to, to the home that feels peaceful a lot of the times. That's what men like, right? They go, they do this grind, they come home, and you're just peaceful, These women that go out and are career women very oftentimes get stressed. They come home. Yes, they love you. Yes, all of those things are still true. They love their children, all of that. But they are wound up and knotted up. And that comes home too. You ever hear about like the workday comes home with you? It does. It does. You can't help it. You can't help but bring that energy and some of that stress and inject that into the home. So why is it not just okay for guys to say, listen, I'm... If I'm working and I'm out there doing the grind and all that, like I just want peace when I get home. Is that so bad? Can we not say that? Now, Megan Kelly is in a very, very, very unique situation, right? She has a very cushy job. I know I had jobs like that. We are not we are not representative of the average job. She's not going and sitting in an office, you know, twelve hours a day, eleven hours a day on the fluorescent lights with some boss. She can't stand going through like the daily corporate grind. She has a, an incredible opportunity. She sits in front of a microphone. She has she has a, a big privilege. She's worked very hard to get there. But her day is not representative of what the average woman in corporate America or wherever would go through in a day. It's just not the same. In the same way that I, I'm telling you, mine isn't. I come in here, I do my prep. I have a lot of free time. I come in for an hour. There's flexibility for me that enables my work life to still be, have a lot of peace in it. So, when she's talking about these women who want vibe, oh, they bring vibrancy and excitement because they have a career. Most women do not bring vibrancy and excitement from their career home because their career to them is not vibrant and exciting. It's exhausting, it's stressful, it's draining. So, it's just, it just is. It just is. And even when I had that opportunity, like sitting on the, the panel at The View, right, even when I had that opportunity, there were stresses that came along with that that I did bring home, that, that if I hadn't been there, I would, have been, I would have been happier. I would have been happier. So I would have been more peaceful. I would have been less agitated, right? So can we just acknowledge the difference that not, and, and also let's just talk about this, Someone of Megan Kelly's status can afford to do things differently. She can hire someone to come and cook meals. I don't know that she does, but she can. She can hire a nanny to come in and take care of the kids. She can there's a lot of support that can exist in a household that would make it so that those kids had a lot of access to stuff in the home. She's not gonna have to send a kid to, to state run daycare. She's not gonna have to make those decisions where you're outsourcing that that child to, you know. Places with high turnover, where it's a bunch of strangers, and suddenly the state is raising your kid. You you have options. She's she's speaking from a position that is not relatable to most people. So, and in the, in the average case, what you have is you have two people doing a grind. The kid gets handed off to daycare to you know going into school way too early. They're handed off to a bunch of people you don't know. The state runs your school. next thing you know, your kid's in first grade and you're looking and there's all, you know, BLM flags and pride flags. And you're like, what's going on here? Is this activism or is this school? You're exhausted. The husband is exhausted. Both of you are you know, maxed out. The energy in the house is stressed. That is a a clearer depiction of what it means when you have these two career, you know, oriented people. Just it just is. And that's and that's not to say again. I'm sure there are guys out there that that enjoy that you know, their woman, their wife works and what she's saying is going to be true for some. Matt's depiction is much more accurate for most. I think I feel very comfortable saying that. And it's just reality. It just is. It just is men like peace. They like women that bring them peace. Guys, can you can you attest to this? Do you like women who bring you peace? Is that important to you? Tell me. I want to hear from you. Strong idea. I man, I picked this topics. so everyone's going to just have a field day with me, I'm telling you, man. All right, we're going to go to, um, let's do one more. Do we have more in the chat, Deli? I don't know. Uh, do we? No. Okay, cool. All, all right, I'm going to go to, um, I need to do a couple of Matrix topics with you because there's some bad stuff happening in people that you need to be uh, warned about. So I want to do the first one. This is very interesting. Y- y'all know what's going on with the farmers and all that and the food supply. You see like the prices of stuff going, eggs, all this stuff going on. So I did some, I did some research and I was looking at the Canadian government and there was this video that was fascinating. Can we play that? Number
5: eight. Hey, guys. We're here at Hidden Farm in uh, Southern Ontario. We milk about 260 pounds. Uh, right now, during the winter months, you milk quite a bit more milk because the feed is very consistent. And if you do a good job, you will produce quite a bit of milk. So, but right now we're over our Quotum, it's regulated by the government and by the DFO. But the problem is, is what they don't understand is millions of people look at this milk running away, because it's the end of the month, so I have to dump, dump 30,000 liters of milk, and it breaks my heart. I will show you. By the way, this here Canadian milk it's seven dollars a liter. When I go for my haircut, people say, Wow, seven dollars, Jerry, for a little bit of milk. I say, Well, you have to go higher up, because we have no say anymore as okay. a dairy farmer on our own farm. So
0: again, these are this is a dairy farmer in southern Ontario. And he's telling you that he has to dump, not donate dump 30,000 liters of milk wasted. Now, think about how many people are in shelters. Think about how many people in hospitals. Think about how many people could benefit from the nutrition of that milk. But he is forced by government edict in Canada to dump it because he has exceeded his quota. So in other words, the government comes in and sets a quota for milk and says, okay, you can produce this much, And everything beyond that you have to toss. And when these farmers make a plea back to the government and say, okay, instead of tossing it, can we donate it? No. Why? Why? And then he's showing you that bottle of milk. That reason he brought that container of milk out and showed it to you is because he wanted to show you that that was priced so high. So my question is, first of all, this is government run amok, right? This is what a hyperactive government does. They come in, they make rules that don't benefit citizens at all, and they get away with murder. Because now these farmers have no choice because if they don't oblige and if they don't obey, then they're going to get shut down. But they are sickened every single day to their stomach knowing that they could be feeding a whole bunch of people. They could be providing nutrition to a whole bunch of people. But they can't because they'll be penalized by the big mommy and daddy government in Canada. So and then when people ask, say, "Okay, are you trying to cause a food shortage? Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Are you trying to just jack prices up? Do you have some sort of government partnership with these corporations? Oh, conspiracy theorist why is it why is it conspiratorial to ask these questions? Otherwise, wouldn't you just let that milk, that excess milk, be sold to market? Wouldn't you just let it at at minimum be donated to people in need? So what are you saying that as a government, you care more about a quota than you do about what the health and benefit and, and well-being of your citizens? No it's beyond that. They want their power. They want their power. There's something weird going on between these corporations and between the government. There's some odd partnership going on that is happening at the expense of the citizens in Canada. That's just one example that I want to give you, though, of what happens when you allow a government to become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know who suffers? You do. You do. The little guy always suffers. By little guy, I mean us. I'm not trying to say you're little and I'm I'm saying all of us. People, regular people suffer at the hands of the big government. That's why you battle it in stage one, not when it gets to stage five and it starts to look like this. Oh, government regulation is good, Jed. Yeah, okay. Show me areas where it's been successful. And also, if you're going to back that up by saying you trust places like the FDA, I'm done. Okay. Last uh, topic of the day that I wanted to just go over with you. We've been talking about central bank digital currencies and... People say to me, oh, Jed, you're such a you're you're conspiratorial. Okay, cool. I'm conspiratorial. Let's go to Reuters. Bank of England and Treasury think UK is likely to need digital currency. The Telegraph reports. Let's read the Bank of England and Britain's finance ministry think the UK is likely to need to create a central bank digital currency later this decade. Not that far away. On the basis of our work to date, the Bank of England and HM Treasury judge that it is likely a digital pound will be needed in the future. It's too early to commit to build the infrastructure for one, but we are convinced that further preparatory work is justified. There you go. Okay. Now, they're saying in the next decade it's going to be sooner than that. This stuff's going to be happening in the next few years. They're going to need it. Uh, The question is what do you do about it, right? What do do? People feel powerless when they read these stories. And and it's interesting. The article cites a concern. This is their concern in quotes. CBDCs are needed to modernize finance and ensure big tech doesn't take control of money. So they're saying, "Oh, we need this. We need it. See they're appealing to trying to appeal to like sane people. Oh, look, we need this so that big tech doesn't take control of money." Okay, so your solution is is to per, it, because we want to prevent big tech from taking control of money, you want big government to take control of money? Mm-mm, I'll pass. So what they want is a situation where there's no competition, they have complete control, you're going to deal with social credit scores. You see what's going on in China with the social credit scores? It's coming. It's com- just When it happens, can you just send me a message and be like, Jed, man, I thought you were nuts, but you're right. I just want to, I want to see it in print. Carbon quotas, digital IDs, all this stuff is connected. So when you hear digital anything, your ear should perk up. Where does that information go? Who stores it? Hmm. Who's in control? What are they going to know about me? What are they not going to know about me? Huh? Are they going to be able to dictate my behavior? Is that possible? They'll lie to you, of course. Like, remember when, remember when everybody got on TV the in the beginning of the pandemic, and everyone was like, oh, we got the vaccine, we got the vaccine, but you're, you can't force anybody. I would never force anybody. To do, you can't do that. Then they tested the ground, went an inch more, and an inch more, and an inch more, and then suddenly it was mandates everywhere, right? So they're testing your appetite for tyranny daily, and the more you allow them to get away with, the more they will get away with, the more they'll do, Okay. Oh, what is this question here? I have to ask. Oh, John Bristol, 20 us. I got to ask, why do you hate fluorescent lights so much? I'd rather have a white light than the typical incandescence that cast everything in an ugly yellow tint. Fluorescent lights aren't good for you to be under all the time. Okay, there's a lot of blue light coming out of a lot of fluorescence. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. You know what I'm a fan of? You know what I'm a fan of, John? Outdoor, just natural light. I love it. I shut the lights off in my house. I have a lot of blue light uh, blocking stuff. Look up some uh, research on blue light, what it does to people's sleep. Um. yeah it's it's not great like the lights I'm under right now mm, you know what I'm saying okay yeah I'm not a fan alright everyone thank you for being with me today uh, we have some fun guests coming up in the next couple of weeks first of all I want you to hit that subscribe button I want you to hit that like button uh, one note my Twitter every time I tweet about Andrew Tate on Twitter my Twitter goes like almost like I'm shadow banned so of course I keep doing it because you know that's who I am go ahead and go on and follow me on Twitter and tell me if you can see my tweets. Also, by the way, I put a tweet up the other day. People took offense, figures. I said something about Twitter and I said, hey, I said, I'm now only, I'm not seeing any of the people I follow and I'm only seeing all these people that I don't want to hear from. I didn't mean people who are show watchers. I meant people who are like, I see these like, you know, big government status popping up in my feed left and right. I don't need to hear your garbage over and over again, right? I see all that. And I don't see any of the people I do follow or any people I would want to hear from that I would say, oh, maybe I'll follow them because they got something cool to say. Don't get so, you know, prickly with me so quickly. But head on over to Twitter and follow me on Twitter. And uh, I will see you back here. What's today? Wednesday? Oh, yeah. I'll see you on Friday for what I think is going to be a, uh, what do I want on Friday? I don't think it's going to be about tacos this Friday, but it will be beef in some form because we all know it's delicious. See you then. (laughs)